Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. So, there was so, a ton of news coming up 
over the week, you know, because there was only the one event over the weekend with the UFC, Bellator was kind of, you know, in hiatus. There was a cage rage over in England. I didn't get to watch it like I had planned because, <laughs> excuse me, I was really trying to get in. I was trying to soak up as much of the Olympics as I could while we only had a couple of days left. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the women's hockey final? No, but I heard about it. I heard USA actually beat Canada. This was the most amazing. Now, I'm not a hockey fan, per se, but that one game made me a hockey fan, I swear to God. My son and I watched it. I I think I was watching it until about 11.30 at night Pacific time. So, it went, the USA just took off and scored the first goal. So, it was one nothing. Then Canada scored the next two. And through three periods, which are 20-minute periods, I don't know if the men's hockey is the same in pros. I'm not sure. But by the end, right near, I think it was about four minutes left in the game, you're like, shit, you know, Canada's up 2-1. We might lose this one. Um, The USA women scored a goal, tied it up, and then they go into overtime, which is a 20-minute overtime period, sudden death. Okay, the first goal wins. Nobody scored a goal in that 20 minutes. And let me tell you, Jason, it was tense. I mean, tense, tense. It was awesome. So then they go into a shootout, kind of like soccer. So each side gets five shots. So wow. I believe they scored twice each. USA scored on the final one, I think it was, to tie it back up. USA was behind. USA hit the first and maybe the fourth. I'm not sure. Whatever happened, it was two each. So then they go into a sudden death shootout, which is nuts. So you score, the other team gets a chance to score. If they don't score, you win. That's what sudden death is. Not the first goal, but the first time a goal is scored and the other team doesn't answer. So the USA right. went right down, and this lady said she did. Her move was the oops, I did it again move. I don't know how she named it. She said her coach named it, but she did a really cool, this uh, this lady, um, Lem- uh, Lemieux, I can't pronounce her last name. Never mind. She's American. So she went and scored. Then the Canadians did it. They said, the funny part was the girls on the side were all, we looked over at our goalie. These are women that have played hockey for years and years and decades, okay? Some of them are in their 30s, and they remember the last Olympics when they lost to Canada 3-2. They looked up, and their goalie, a 20-year-old girl, was just smiling. She wasn't even scared. She wasn't nervous. She was nothing. She was happy to be there, ready to go. She stopped the goal. USA won 3-2. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it made I a knew, hockey fan out of me. I, I I knew USA won. I didn't watch the match, mm-hmm. so I don't know what really what happened. So, Dude, it, it was a congrats long. To USA. It was a long one. Yeah, it it wasn't a short a short match, man. It took a while. It was well worth the time invested. Um, this kind of reminds me of. I, I know we're straying off topic, but I don't give a fuck. It's our show. I was watching the College World Series softball world series over the summer when my daughter was playing actually last year and right. one of the games went oh man i don't remember how how many innings it went i think i turned it off i had to stop and go or i i didn't record the full thing i i stopped it i think somewhere in 19th inning it stopped recording it was a crazy wow. game it was like what, seven hour game it was just well, amazing what about so the cool I uh, the Giants and the A's down there 
I think I want to say it was the last um, the last year of Candlestick Park. The last season at Candlestick for the Giants, yeah. Yeah, you and I went down to a game. It was 19 innings. It was supposed to be a fireworks yep. that night, and I want to say yeah. you and I did. I mean, the Giants won on a uh, on a Richard Williams walk off home run in the 19th. Yeah. We didn't get out of this home until five o'clock in the morning. No, it was nuts, and it started at seven at night, yeah. seven p.m. on a Friday night, and I remember they kept showing up on the big screen. Stay tuned because, or tomorrow, the Giants play the A's again. You know, because they play a three-game series or four-game right. sometimes. But it was a three-game series. They said tomorrow, come back at one p.m. Tomorrow, one p.m. Later today, come back at one p.m. <laughs> oh man, that was a great game. I mean, now, the Giants. Kind of things, I man, think probably one of the best baseball games I ever been to. Yeah. Just because of, of just the, I don't know, just the head-to-head competition the pitching, everything else. We got to see a 19-inning ball game. We basically got to watch two full ball games in one night. Definitely. It was it was well worth it. Um, I know we had to scramble to get down there on time, too, and it was what a, what a blast. Yeah. I, I love those kind of games, you know, the women's game, the softball, the baseball, the kind that aren't normal, the, the go into extra innings and keep going. And we were fortunate enough to see one live, which very few people are going to see a 19-inning baseball game live. This, not, this only, hockey not, game. not only was it 19 innings, but yet it was the last year of Candlestick Park and the Giants, and Giants baseball. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's what was, I got, that's what you know, was Yeah, I got to watch this really good hockey game with my son. He stayed up for most of it. He, he finally went to bed. Um, the softball game last year. Uh, these kind of things are what make fans appreciate the sport, I think, so much better. Not that, yeah. not that regular games can't be good and uh, terrific and great. Just it's so different. I mean, the best game I ever saw live. Now, I got the opportunity to watch Matt Cain pitch a perfect game against the Houston Astros. That was the first perfect game in Cisco Giants history. Mm-hmm. And that's been, the Giants have been here since the 50s. Yeah. Since they moved from New York. What was that, like the 27th so, perfect game ever? I, I mean, I can't remember what it actually was, but I was there when Matt Cain pitched his perfect game against the Houston Astros. Yeah. What a fucking game that was. And yeah. guess what? Everyone that I was around, no one mentioned it. And you know as well as I do, you don't mention that shit. A perfect game, a no-hitter, you just don't talk about it when you're in the stand. Fuck yeah, I'd be can't talking jinx. all over about it. No, you can't jinx that shit. There's no such thing as a jinx. But he... Pitched a perfect game, which I want to say it was the 27th perfect game pitched in Major League Baseball history. Something like 27th. that. 27th. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty, that that's pretty that's pretty awesome. No, that's cool. I mean, like I said, we only get so much Olympics anyway. 
that was kind of right. fun to enjoy for a couple of weeks. Um, Actually, I did get some Bob fighting love, in. That was fun. What I what I love okay. is I did get to catch a badass event, and I got to see um, one of the best American snowboarders just tear it up. Yeah. Um. Uh. Sean, what's his last name? Young kid. Oh God! You mean, you mean the thirty-six-year-old Sean White? Sean White, thirty-six-year-old. It doesn't matter. He tore it up. Yeah. At thirty-six years old. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I like the curling. I like. There's a lot of events I I, I like to watch. But to yeah. watch Sean White just. Literally obliterate the fucking competition at 36 years old. It's pretty amazing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What about? Hey, did you hear? No, no. Did you hear about that girl, the American girl Chloe Kim, that won the snowboarding event? And she's only 17. Then one of the sportscasters that works for KMBR went on another station and was talking about her. Did you hear about this? I did not. So he goes on to another station, and I, for the life of me, can't remember his name. And actually, it doesn't matter anymore because he's kind of dumb. He was talking about her on a different station, not KMBR, but he went to some other place and says, oh, yeah, Chloe Kim, you know, the countdown is on. I can't wait till the day she turns 18. We're all going to be after her. Something to that effect. Okay. Yeah. Now I know I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah. If it, if if it's the same thing I'm talking about, thinking about the guy now now no longer works for KMBR. His name is Patrick Patrick Connor. Yeah, he got fired. He got fired. Yeah. He was talking about bar stools and her taking it up the ass with bar stools. And oh man, really? Yeah, it, it got real bad. Huh. The fuck is he doing, but, man? What the fuck? I it, I don't know. And but he no longer works for KBR, thank God, because I don't. I can't imagine that. anybody's gonna hire that son of a bitch again. The bad thing was, is he was actually a good radio host. Yeah, it's not he, a bad thing. Was, I mean, he was really funny. He brought up a lot yeah. of good shit in, in Sport Talk Radio. I enjoyed listening to him. But then he started, he, he got, he dove off into this stupid shit that he um, just didn't need, he did not need, even need to touch. You know what? Most likely he was trying to be funny and it came off no, no. so poorly. He, no, he said he apologized. It's all he wanted to do was be funny. Yeah. And it came off so poorly that he just got fired from a $100,000 a year job. Yeah. KMBR is a 50,000-watt flamethrower. We know that. Yeah. They, yeah, definitely. I like that station. They can reach from Washington to Mexico. Not where I am, unfortunately, but okay. Really? 
Yeah, I don't get them. I went to. Um, that's what. That's one of the things I look forward to when I come down there. Uh, the second I get within range, um, I believe in Lake County I can get them, but kind of spotty. But as soon as I get within range, I hit KNBR, and that's all I listen to. Well, you remember when I went to Washington over New Year's Eve? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 um, you FaceTimed me to to let me watch the because I couldn't watch it where I was at, so I was able to watch Holly Holm and Chris Cyborg. Yeah. So that was, you know, um, a couple nights prior to that, I was able to listen from to KBR from where I live in Hidden Valley Lake in, in Lake County through about halfway through the middle of Oregon before I lost it. Nice. Eight hours. Eight hours of fucking straight KBR. No, dude, I would love that. Connor did. I do not condone that shit. No, and I mean, he, he would you know. It's one thing to make a joke about somebody in your age range. That's one thing. When you're talking about he's underage older girls, than he's, no, he's, no, no, no. I mean, is, I mean, some lady. If he'd have joked around about a woman that was 21, 19, whatever, one thing, horrible, fine, not illegal. He's joking around about a girl that's seventeen. You just can't do that. You can't. Yeah, but. What he was making jokes about was bar stools going up her middle region. Yeah. I mean, it was not yeah, that's cool, not dude. No. That, um, that's not cool. I mean, I don't care how old the female is. He was trying. Yeah. I understand what he was doing. I, I, I completely mm-hmm. understand it. That doesn't yeah. mean I'm condoning what he did. He was trying to no. make a joke. He was trying to be funny. Guess what? It was not funny. No. He, and sometimes these guys don't, you know, Eddie Murphy made really, really raunchy jokes. Um, I don't think he went that far ever. But oh, sometimes no. they go Eddie too far Murphy, and don't know it. Eddie Murphy, Andrew Dice Clay, they all went yeah. way above and beyond. But guess what? They were on HBO. Do that on KBR. You can't do that over AM radio like that. No. That's just that's not right. No. I'm sorry. No, and the I'm, other one I heard about was an Australian announcer. She was talking about the ski jump, which was really cool, but the Chinese were going. And she said... As they were jumping, she saw, I don't know which one this is because they all look alike. And people erupted on her, and she had to come back and clarify it. She said, listen, what you heard was a little snippet of the whole broadcast. And this was very cool because what sounded very racist actually made a lot of sense. Because what she had said, if people had been able to listen to the whole broadcast, she said every jump looks alike because they all have the same trainer and they all do the same jump, the same maneuvers in the air. So they all look alike in the air. Their jump and their technique looks alike, not the people, the jump. And uh, it was a really good, I thought that was a really good slap in the face to all the PC assholes that want to jump on everybody for everything. It was a, hey, son of a bitch, that's not what I said. Go screw yourself. 
I like that, too. Jump into some UFC. Yeah, we've been talking about the Olympics a little bit, haven't we? We have. Not that they don't deserve it. They are good. And they are fun. But we will definitely get into some... Let's get into some MMA. So there was a big UFC this weekend, right? Right. Now, granted, I wasn't wasn't able to watch the prelims, but I was able to watch the main card. Okay. Um, I want to jump right into this. Okay, well, before you do that, hold on. No, no, before you do that, I'm going to talk about the prelims then. Okay. So... I'm going to first talk. Remember we talked about Jovan versus Saunders last week. I was pretty excited right. for that fight. Um, Alan Jovan, he's been on a bit of a losing streak, but Saunders is one of our favorite fighters, and we both picked Saunders. But Jovan knocked him out cold round two. That was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. That was a good fight, too. Jovan had... Um, he had actually broke his foot right before he knocked him out. And that was kind of interesting because I didn't know that. But he did. And on top of that, we had two female fights before the main event. So first up, Angela Hill versus Marina Moros. Now, Marina, you know, she came on the scene and beat Joanne Calderwood. She's been kind of up and down, though. She's a good fighter, fights good range, but... Her takedown defense was really, really bad. Uh, hold on one second. I'm, I'm looking something up. Sorry, my wife had come in and tried to talk to me and couldn't wait, apparently. So. Well, that's not good. No, no. Anyway, um, Angela Hill, she looked really good. She was throwing some good bombs. And if you listen to the, the announcer, Daniel Cormier was talking. All he could say was Angela's throwing the better punches, Marina's throwing a lot of punches. It was a good fight, but Angela Hill was obviously in control. It, I guess it could have been a little close to the judges, but I thought Angela hands down won that fight. The thing I didn't like about it was Marina had like a sub-50 takedown defense rate, and Angela tried to take her down numerous times and didn't even get close. I think she got her down once, but it was just terrible takedown attempts from Angela Hill. I didn't think that was a very good part of her game, but Angela looked really good as usual standing. Her cardio was good. Um, She took some good punches and kicks, and she just brought it like she always does. It was very impressive by Angela Hill. And I think it's just another step up, you know, because she's still – Angela Hill's still learning. I mean, she's still young in the sport. It was very cool to see. Now, this fight, I don't know how you missed this fight, but this was a cool-ass fight. Sarah McMahon versus Marion Renault. I was excited for this one, not as excited for one of the main event or the main card you're going to tell us about. But Sarah completely dominated her in round one. Completely. She put her down. She got her in a crucifix, I think six or seven times, and just, just laid into her. Constant, constant punches. And she was on top, crucifix, crucifix, crucifix. It was horrible. Man, she was crushing her. Round two comes out and catches Sarah with a beautiful left-right, knocks Sarah down, and immediately Sarah takes her down. Marion went for an armbar, but then didn't get the armbar, but locked up a triangle. Held it for quite a while, too, before Sarah tapped. I mean, we're talking well over half the round. Um, 
probably held her in the triangle for about two minutes before she finally tapped, you know, trying to adjust it and whatnot. What yep. a fight, though. I mean, to see a lady get totally dominated, I mean, we're talking a 10-8 round in round one. Now, <clears throat> I will clarify that even though she was dominated, there was no there was no chance she was getting stopped because in a crucifix, you don't have – I don't believe you have all the room to really make some power, somebody hard enough to stop him. I'm not saying she was about to stop the fight, but dominated the position. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, yeah, that was just a terrific fight, terrific. And, and again, Sarah did not look bad. She got caught with a beautiful left-right. I mean, that rocked her. Anybody that gets rocked is going to go for a takedown. It just happens. I, I, I'm not taking anything away from Sarah. Marion did a beautiful job. She took it and then caught her. That's all she really had. She had to hit her, and she did. So it was a great fight. Um, Brian Kelleher versus Penn and Burrell was pretty impressive. Kelleher dominated that fight. I was uh, I was very surprised by that. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't able. Now, I still have them recorded. I just didn't have the time to watch the prelims, which kind of don't have to now me off because I don't have to now. <laughs> <laughs> or the main card, sorry, the main card. So let's go to the very first fight, which yeah, I think, in my opinion, now you might you might disagree with me. This has the potential to be the fight of the night. Okay. We're talking Mike Perry against Max Griffin. Yeah. Now, if I remember, I think I took Max Griffin as the underdog in this fight. I mm-hmm. can't remember. Had a lot to offer. And Max Griffin, in my eyes, dominated this fight from round one to round three. Wow. Now I would have definitely taken Mike Perry that fight. I know I I took Griffin, but scared me was in the third round was that Max Griffin was coming to life. Oh really? Hold up. Not Matt, no, Mike Perry was coming to life. Max Griffin oh, okay. Um Perry, he he needed to finish Griffin in that third in that third round to win this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Now he was coming at him and coming at him. He was throwing everything he had at him. And he had Perry kind of wobble. I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be an upset. And what I mean by an upset, even though Perry was the favorite, Griffin already, he was already up 2-0. Okay. And he just kept throwing haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. And he was catching Perry. Or he was catching Griffin. I'm like, oh, shit. He's going to knock this fool out. And out of all the work Griffin did, to get to where he was at, he is going to get beat. I'm like, this can't happen. Now, Griffin just kind of like, 
he kind of played the Floyd Mayweather shit. He kind of just kept, he started a run. Which, that was the right thing to do at this point. You're already up 2-0. If he, if Perry wins this round, no big deal. Don't get caught, don't get knocked out. Yeah. Perry was a bloody son of a bitch. <laughs> you watched the fight, didn't you? I didn't. I didn't watch I didn't watch any of the main card until they got to um I forgot what happened. I might have started eating. I don't know what happened. I watched all the prelims, I was all excited. Now I mind you, I DVR'd this. I didn't watch it all live. So I put on the main wow. card. And then all of a sudden, I I think I just I didn't fast forward through it. I think I walked away and forgot. Come back out, oh. and I caught the very end. So I was gone a good forty minutes. Um, and I don't know so what I was doing. Where did you walk in at? Where did I you walked walk into in the very end of literally tell anything about that. Okay, so Max Griffin caught. Perry in the first round. It split his forehead. I mean, luckily, it was his forehead. Yeah. Split him open. Now, the blood's running down the side of his head, so it's not getting into his eyes. It's not doing anything. Okay. But he, he is split. He, he's already split. By the end of this fight, I mean, he's a bloody, he's a bloody fucking mess. He's a bloody mess. Yeah. And Griffin almost lost his. I thought Griffin was going to get taken. He, I thought Griffin was going to get knocked out. With with as bloody as Perry was, he kept coming back and kept coming back. And he had he had Griffin kind of wobbly. I'm like, this this isn't going to happen. Oh my god! Even though Perry was the favorite. At this point, Griffin, I would say, was the favorite to win this fight. He was already up two rounds to nothing. Perry had mm-hmm. knocked him out, and Perry almost did it. Wow. Great fight in my eyes. <clears throat> Great fight in my eyes. Yeah. That's cool. It, it went to a decision. Now, the underdog did win this fight. Griffin beat it. But it was a great fight just to open up the main card. That is cool. So let's roll into the second fight. This is where you kind of rolled into it. Yeah. We got St. Peru going against Latifi. Now, I'm thinking, okay, St. Peru, there's no way he can lose this fight. Taller, longer reach. Very athletic. I, I'm thinking a better fighter against a smaller, more stacked Latifi. I'm like, yeah. St. Saint Cruz Saint got this fight. No. Bullshit. <laughs> um, Latifi caught him with a hook. Knocked him to the ground. St. Peru got back up. Latifi caught him again. 
got him back to the ground. He would not. He just. He was relentless. Yeah. I mean, it was. I'm like, really. A minute and twelve seconds into the first round, the smaller Latifi beat him in a fucking guillotine, a stand-up guillotine. I've never seen that before. That I've been watching MMA no, no, all, the, all these that's years. They're kind of rare. Yeah, they're kind of rare. Um, John Jones caught Leota Machida in a big, a good one. Um, even back in the old days, Patrick Patrick Smith, he did a good one on. Uh, oh man, I can't remember the guy he fought. It was like a six degree black belt in karate, though. That guy. Yeah, they've been they've been happening since UFC two. I know, but so I'm watching this fight, and Latifi gets into the ground. They get back up, but Latifi gets him by the neck and just he 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 hooks his hip into fucking into Saint Peru where St. Cruz can't do anything and just choke yeah. him out standing up. Now, the referee missed this. About 30 seconds into this, same time the ref called it, St. Cruz out. He's out like a light. Which, if you looked at it and, slow, and, and you know, and, um, Replay. Latifi mm-hmm. was tapping, but the referee couldn't see it because he was on the opposite side of him. And by the time the ref called it, Latifi's out. I mean, Saint Cruz out like a fucking light. He he is out. Cold. Yeah. Latifi's much much smaller. And I well that this he's shorter, but he's extremely stocky. What's that? Yeah, I like. He's very stocky. He's a he's a thick dude, and he's got good grappling. That was his only real chance here, and that's how <clears throat> that's how a lot of people beat Ovin St. Peru is by out grappling him because as as good a striker as he is, he's not he's not really been doing MMA long enough. He doesn't have that great of wrestling and grappling to rely on. That's how they beat him. I mean, if you would look at this fight, if you and I were going over this, yeah, Peru is is a much bigger. Got the reach. He's got the length. You wouldn't think the TP would stand a chance. I would have thought Peru, uh, Saint Peru, would just keep him at bay, and just, and just, and just keep pounding, pounding his shit. No. Yep. They let up just, it wasn't very long. Ten seconds. Latifi just lit him up. And next thing you know, we got a fucking stand-up guillotine going on. I'm like, I, like, those are very rare, like you just said. You don't see those happen very often. Yeah, not all that often. I mean, they used that, to be a little more common, but not so much anymore. So, this fight was great. I mean, it didn't last that long. But just for what happened, this fight was actually was a great fight. Now, let's yeah. go to the co event. This was a good one. 
Jessica Andrade against Tisha Torres. Yeah. Now, what I learned in this fight, Jessica Andrade has got a chin from hell. Tisha was just throwing everything at her, and it was nothing soft. Jessica Andrade never backed down. Yeah. Now, I gave Tisha the first round. You could argue that Jessica did win this first round, but for the simple fact of what she did at the end of round one, But as an all-around good round, I gave, I gave the first round to Tisha Torres. Tisha now, was landing really good left-right, and she was, she was in and out, in and out. Very, very good. But, yeah, you're right. Andrade walked through everything she threw at her. No, and I never knew. Yes. She got beat by Johanna. Oh, yeah. But I think that made her a better fighter. Oh, yeah. She's, she's been on a tear. She's beat two of the best in that division since. Now, going to round two. Um, mm-hmm. Two to round three. Now, I wish this was a five-round fight. Of course, it wasn't. It was only a three-rounder. Everything Tisha threw at Jessica, which I'm not saying anything. Everything that Tisha was throwing was hard. Yeah. That just that just gave us the impression now Jessica's got a fucking chin. Yeah, she... And now, Jessica's a tough lady, and she's... You know what, what's funny is She's actually fought Tisha's wife, um, Raquel Pennington, twice. Yes. Apparently they're one and one in their fight. But um, Tisha, she looked good. I thought Tisha was going to be able to take a decision because of her speed and her conditioning. And what happened was she was tagging her, and Jessica was playing the chase game. So Jessica realized not that Jessica was going to get hurt doing that, she wasn't getting hurt, like hurt bad. Like, I mean, hurt you and I would be hurt. Jessica's too tough for that. What but, she did was you know what? she took Tisha what? What? completely out of her game and started taking Tisha down. And normally, Tisha's the one that can land takedowns on almost anybody because she's a very good wrestler. She said, all right, I'm done letting you hit me because you're fast, whatever. I'm just going to take you down. And she completely threw her all over the cage after that. But what was what surprised me is Jessica was fighting flat footed. Tisha was on her toes. Tisha was, you know, just trying to fucking hit her with everything she had. Yeah. But Jessica was flight, fighting flat footed. Did you notice that? Yeah. She she yeah. was actually she was she was chasing Tisha all the way around that ring. I'm like, this isn't good for Tisha. No way in hell. Even though Tisha was landing these heavy blows, it was not facing. It was not phasing Jessica whatsoever. Not even a little at bit. At all. No. 
And Tisha, she can hit hard. She, you know, I'm not, not so much. Tisha's not a finisher. Torres, her only finish is by submission. She's a grinder. She definitely is a grinder. Um, she she won't go out there and finish you. It looks good. She's got great technique, and she's a strong girl. She just doesn't have that kind of power at that weight class. Um, I'm not again. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but she's not a knockout artist. Well, I wasn't saying a knockout artist, but Tisha no. was throwing some heavy blows, and yeah. Jessica was walking right through them. Everyone. You even heard Daniel Cormier and the other announcer like, "Holy shit, she's walking right through everything Tisha is throwing at her." Yes. Either Tisha is either Tisha's power isn't as strong as we think, or Jessica's chin is stronger than we think. It can well, go both nobody ways. thought. I, I don't know. And anybody that really watches it, nobody actually would have expected Tisha to knock her out. I certainly didn't. I thought she'd get a nice. No, decision. I wasn't expect. I wasn't expecting Tisha to knock her out. But yeah. I wasn't expecting Tisha to come out with the heavy blows she was throwing. She was mm-hmm. she was demonstrating a lot of power that I never seen from her before. Yeah, she's Tisha's very good in these last two fights for her. Apparently, she's uh, finally finished her college education, so she's been able to focus solely on training camp, not split her training camp up with college classes and homework and such. So she's been able to dedicate a lot more time to training, and it's really showed. Um, she is. She's a terrific fighter. I, I really like Torres. I think she'll be, I think she'll be right there for her whole career. So, okay, Jessica Andrade. I mean, we know this. She won in, in a decision. Yeah. Now, my next question to you is: Did she beat Tisha Torres? Which is not, which is no slouch. No. Do you think she is going to get the title bout against uh, – do you think she will get the winner between Rose and Johanna? Definitely, without, without a doubt. She, uh, she's beat Claudia. She crushed Claudia and got a solid win against Tisha. There's no way she doesn't get the title shot next. But she has, beat, she has been beaten by Johanna. Now, has she ever yeah. fought Rose? No. No, well, she would. Uh, she lost to Johanna five rounds. Um, she looks to be a little bit more aggressive now than she was. Um, I think I don't know that the fight would be any different. Um, again, Johanna's chin does not seem to be getting any better. She seems to be getting knocked down more. <laughs> I don't I know think... if that's a good thing, or just if that is something that's just happened because of the, the level of fighters she's facing is much better. But I think if Johanna wins against Rose and she goes up against Jessica, she's in a lot of trouble. Who, Johanna or Jessica? I'm in agreement. I, I'm in agreement with you. I think Jessica can really put a hurt 
on Johanna. Yeah. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Rose. I haven't seen these two fight. Now, Rose, by what I what I can see, has got a good chin. Mm-hmm. And I think she's a better fighter than Johanna. I think so. <clears throat> I finally feel like Johanna has met her match. I'm not saying Johanna hasn't been an outstanding champion. How many times has she defended this belt? Um, quite a few. I think six. Six. Yeah. Five, six, seven times she's defended this yeah. belt. And she has won until she has met up with Rose. Rose is just, but, in my eyes, is just a better fighter. She's a better fighter, better person. Johanna's a complete piece of shit. Whatever. I'm done talking I'm not, about Johanna. I'm not going I'm not even going there. I'm just going on fighting. I'm just I'm going yeah. on what what's in the octagon. I don't care about their personality. Yeah, yeah Johanna's annoying. I think Johanna has met her match with Rose. And the way Jessica Andrade has fought, I think Johanna's gonna meet her match if she if she can beat Rose. I don't think Johanna has a chance going up against Jessica this time around. No. I don't think so. But we'll see, you know. Yeah. With that being said, let's go to the main event. Mm Mm-hmm. Josh Emmett against this was a badass fight. Yeah. You've got two, two guys that can take a punch. Two guys that can throw heavy, heavy hands. Right? Definitely. Jeremy, I mean, I gave Emmett the first round. Let's go to the second round. That's where everything was. That's where it kind of fell apart. That was where everything fell apart. Now, I didn't really think that hook that Jeremy Stevens landed was all that was all that dominated. It was almost like he stepped he back. He, he hit him right on the, the him, chin, right on the right on the tip of the chin. Caught him just right. Oh, he caught him just you right, know? but but it was almost like he was stepping back, so he didn't really have that much power to him. Okay, yeah. so he knocked it to the ground in the second round. I had yeah. Emmett. I had Emmett winning the first round. Yeah. Now, and if you look at Emmett, the second oh, round, but look at look at Emmett oh. when he hit the ground in round two. His eyes were clear. He wasn't. They weren't rolling back. He wasn't dazed. He got no. caught with that punch. Stevens caught him, but he wasn't. He was not by any means going out on that first punch. No. So. When Jeremy Stevens finally got into the ground, this is where everything gets a little controversial. Yeah. So, going into the second round, he gets him to the ground. He starts grounding pound with the elbow. Mm-hmm. Now, I will admit, two of those elbows were illegal. He caught him in the back of the head. Yeah. Now, the 
the knee that Jeremy Stevens threw, I don't know how many times. I don't think he landed the knee. I think he missed it, the knee. It was I, grazing. I, it, it was grazing at best. It, it wasn't a solid knee by any means. But the, pro- the problem elbows is, were. It still, no, the elbows were. Here's the problem with the knee. The knee, Emmett was on all fours, and Jeremy threw a knee to the head on purpose. He threw a knee to the he head. Did. Now, the fact that it didn't hit very much doesn't matter. It still connected a little bit. It was very, very illegal. The elbows, on the other hand, Jeremy threw on purpose. They landed very, very illegally, but Emmett was not it's a stationary up, target. Emmett was moving his head also, at that time. Hold on, hold on. But David. it's also Emmett, up to the ref to stop this fight. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not. No, the fact is, you got to listen here, Jason. Don't don't talk over me. Listen. Jeremy Stevens threw four or five elbows at that time. Two of them. For sure, 100% were illegal. But just because he threw an elbow, he was throwing it to the right spot. Emmett was dipping and ducking his head and, and moving his head. That means wherever Jeremy was throwing it, Emmett moved his head into it. It's still an illegal blow, but it was not a stationary target. It's not like Emmett was flattened out on his stomach and Jeremy was hitting a stationary target. Emmett was moving his head. Very hard to call an illegal elbow when the opponent is moving their head and therefore maybe making a shot that would have been legal illegal by their own self. So that mm. the elbows, I kind of understand. The knee should never, it should have been stopped right there. But it was stopped shortly after that. Yeah. Jeremy, don't get me wrong, threw, he threw the illegal knee. Yes. He, we, you and I can argue till we're blue in the face that the elbows could have been illegal, maybe not have been illegal. Jeremy Stevens no, still deserved to fight. Yeah, they're still illegal. But when a guy moves into them, it's really hard to stop it. If, again, if Josh Emmett had not been moving and Jeremy hit him with those blows, then you stop it. Then you take a point and do whatever. But when he's moved, Josh Emmett's moving his head, it all depends, you know, it's hard to say. That's a tough call. That really is. You so, see what I'm saying? But, it, so with that being said, yeah. even with the illegal actions that went on, right? Yes, yes. In my eyes, Jeremy Stevens still dominated that fight. Well, dominated he, that he round. Dominated that round which led him to win that fight. Yeah. Because it's, all it's in a all, tough call, you know. It really is a tough call. That's all, a tough one. It's, it's still up to the referee to stop that fight or to say, hey, no, you're illegal. Because he yeah. already stopped that fight once for Jeremy Stevens for Emmett kicking him in the ball. Twice. Well, he only stopped it once. Free only yeah. stopped at once and gave Jeremy five minutes to come back from that from that uh, from the growing kick. Yeah. So yeah, now, it's a tough. It's really tough to call, man. It it, it kind of depends on your own perspective on that. The elbows. I mean, my take is yes, they're illegal, but he wasn't throwing them 
intentionally illegally. He was throwing elbows. I, regardless of, of where Emmett moved his head, he could have been throwing them. Now, we don't know where he was throwing them, but we're, by the looks of it, he was throwing towards the side. But Emmett was moving his head, and they became illegal. The knee, there was no way in the world that could have been legal. None. Now, Jeremy said later, well, I didn't quite understand the rules. That's bullshit. He's not that stupid of a person. Anybody that no. watches it takes about 10 seconds to know, don't throw a knee to a grounded opponent. That's all it takes. That's all you need to know. Jeremy thank did it. God. It was illegal. It was on purpose. But thank God he did not land it, or he might have been disqualified. No, it landed, Jason. It landed. It grazed him. Therefore, there was contact. It doesn't matter how much contact. There was contact. It was an intentional, illegal knee. Fight should have been stopped. But at, but at that point, it comes to the referee to stop that fight or take points, do whatever has to be done. The referee, the referee should have never, that fight. The referee never did. Yeah, the referee should have stopped that fight. Emmett is actually in the filing of an appeal, and I think there's a really good chance that fight's going to get turned into a no contest. <clears throat> and you know what? And if it turns to be into a no contest, so be it. But honestly, yeah. we got we got a good fight out of that main event. We really we got did. a good fight, and the fact that Jeremy threw that knee is in no way indicative of him being a dirty fighter. I don't think that's the case. I think. He just threw a knee. He just went on instinct. You know, sometimes you do it, and sometimes you don't. He, he He's not known as a dirty fighter. He doesn't poke guys in the eyes. He doesn't throw low blows. It's just one of those things. And, and again, those elbows, I don't believe they were intentional at all. It's just yeah. one of those things. What, what's that? I mean, oh, my buddy just said, shut up, Brian. <laughs> yeah. He's just fucking with you. No, but... All, all in all, that that card was a great card. It was, it was a terrific card. And now we just look forward to Mexican, right? Well, my buddy wants to ask you a question before I drop him off. He hey, wants to ask you, um, what do you think about Cyber possibly being the, the most dominant woman fighter of all time? And this is kind of a no-brainer, but no, honestly. Where do you, how do you where think, do you rank her? where do you rank Cyborg of being the greatest woman fighter of all time? Well, I, I don't think there's too much saying she isn't. Um, she is, she's completely dominated all but one opponent. <clears throat> completely dominated. Um, the one common opponent, Chris Cyborg. And Ronda Rousey had Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg completely yeah. dominated, and Holly completely Holy. dominated Rousey. So yeah. I don't think but, there's any comparison. I think but, Cyborg's the, the one. So is she one of the most dominant athletes in our generation? Could she be the most Without a doubt, dominant yeah. female in, M- in MMA? I'm not talking boxing, but in, in MMA. Is she the most dominant female in this sport? I think so. Yeah, without a doubt, she is. Now, but here's an interesting concept. 
Okay, we all know Holly Holm came from boxing. She had a great she had a great boxing record. She was a yeah. champion in boxing. Multiple. She comes into MMA. And she did something to Chris Cyborg that has not happened in ten years. She What's took that? Chris Cyborg to a decision. Sure. And that has not happened to Chris Cyborg in ten years. Yeah. Chris that's Cyborg not, is that's finished. Not a surprise, though. That's not a I big agree. surprise. Did you watch that fight? I agree. No, it's not a surprise. I'm just saying Holly Holm did something that no one has done in ten years. Yeah, Holly Holm's good. But she got completely dominated by Chris in that decision. Completely. Uh, Holly Holmes spent no. she spent the majority of that time trying to hold Chris Cyborg against the fence. That was her game plan Holy was to throw up two and then hold. Yep. No, I completely agree. But to take Chris Cyborg to a decision impressive. Very impressive. That something that has not happened in ten years. It's very impressive. I yeah. think Cyborg may be the most dominant athlete in the last decade, male or female. You know, I, I disagree with what Matt just said. I think Chris Cyborg could be the most dominant athlete, male or female, in MMA in the last 10 years. One of them. One, one of them. She's definitely one of them, yeah. I, I, for sure, yeah. She's awesome. Now, before we dive off into your card, um, I want to ask you a question. And this is going to kind of dive off into boxing and MMA both. Who do you think is a better... Is boxing or MMA a better athlete? Uh, That's no no question about it. MMA is better athlete. MMA fighters are I better agree. athletes. Even though not you could take Conor McGregor and Yeah, no, hear me I'm out. not putting down boxes. Yeah, not putting down boxes at all. Because boxing is a very, very tough sport. As you know, I've done boxing. I've, I've practiced up. boxing. Um, yeah, there's no... And the no, only reason no, I'm asking this is... Okay, boxing they do have they do a lot of um stuff for longevity. Yeah. You know, a lot of these boxers are they're conditioned to go twelve to fifteen rounds, right? Well not fifteen anymore, no. Fifteen well, rounds since you and I were kids. Twelve rounds, let's say. Yeah. Now you take Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. There's a big age discrepancy on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it took Floyd a while, but he ended up he ended up eventually wearing out McGregor. Well, before we get into that, Jason, let's let's be honest. McGregor is not known for having a great gas tank. Not by any means. He completely, and I'm saying completely, gassed out against Nate Diaz six minutes into the fight. 
He did. That's two rounds of boxing. But do you think, I mean, okay, they're they're talking about McGregor going into the octagon, which that will never happen. You and I know, both know You mean that. Mayweather? That will, you mean Mayweather? But that, or Mayweather. You mean Mayweather. They're talking about him. Yeah, Floyd. They're talking about Floyd going into the octagon. That's never going to happen. I don't think so. I mean, boxing guys, they've I, got their own skill set. It'd still be cool to see a high-level boxer like him go into the UFC. No, it would. Just like Connor is a – he's a top-notch guy in the uh, MMA, and he went boxing, mm-hmm. and he got beat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like Floyd was running. It's not like he had to chase Floyd all night long. Yeah, definitely true. So – so you're taking a 40-year-old that's got more stamina than a 28-year-old. This yeah. is the only reason I'm thinking that boxers are better athletes. This is, and this is the only no. reason. You, I can disagree no. about this. This is the only reason I think boxers are better athletes because their stamina is that much better. No. You take – I guarantee you right now, you take – Floyd Mayweather is one of the best boxers ever, okay? Ever. If you take, yeah, <clears throat> let me think. Even at, even at his age, at 40 years old. Yeah. So if you went into the UFC and you grabbed Frankie Edgar, who's a little bit older, but he's one of the best fighters ever, and you put Floyd and Frankie, they're about the same size, 145 pounds, 5'6" into a grappling match and a sparring match. So basically an MMA sparring match. I guarantee you Frankie would completely work over Floyd Mayweather Jr. Completely. Conor McGregor would completely work over. Well, Conor's a different story. Conor's Conor's grappling isn't quite up to par. I'm saying, and again, Conor's not... He's not a cardio guy. He definitely is not. He never has been. And I'm talking about a MMA fighter that's got Floyd Mayweather in there with a Uriah Faber of a few years ago, um, a Dominic Cruz, somebody that can do a little bit of everything, a, a mighty mouse, even though it's a little bit different weight class. It, it, Demetrius well, Johnson would completely ragdoll Floyd Mayweather. Well, I mean, let's go back to the pirates of MMA. Let's go to Ken Shamrock. Nope. Well, way too big, dude. 230 pounds. Way too big. It doesn't matter. But let's put a heavyweight in the octagon against Ken Shamrock back in the day. Does anyone stand a chance? You mean a a heavyweight of today? Or even a heavyweight back then? Oh, you're talking heavyweight boxers. Heavyweight boxers going up against Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was a heavyweight. Not a chance. But would Shamrock Ken would take Shamrock, him down and submit him instantly. But would Ken? But could you put Ken Shamrock in a boxing ring and 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 expect Ken Shamrock to win? No. So it kind of goes against both ways. Yeah, Conor McGregor yeah. got beat by Floyd Mayweather. 
Yeah. But that was even later on in the fight. Floyd Mayweather against against Conor McGregor in the octagon. Conor McGregor is going to – he's going to finish him in a round or two. He's probably going to win. Conor McGregor is probably going to win that fight in the octagon. Again, if you put Floyd Mayweather in there with a more complete MMA fighter, it's going to be a a mauling. But see, I – so the only reason I'm bringing this up is do you uh, do you watch anything on Boxing IQ? One of those no, groups on Facebook. So not I was much. listening to a guy today. This is the only reason I'm bringing this up. Is and he made a lot of good points. Is that you bring up um, who is a better athlete, a boxer or an MMA fighter? And yeah. you know that's kind of a catch. Now, I understand what he's saying. Boxers are built for longevity. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. And he's absolutely right. He brought up the situation with Lloyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor. Floyd, now, before you Conor, get into that, though, hold on. Had Lloyd yeah, really never had face Conor. Hey, don't forget, though. There's been a very, very high-level boxer come into the UFC beforehand. You you know this guy. You know James Tony, right? Yeah. He came into the UFC and fought um, Randy Couture back at UFC 118. You know how well that fight went? So, I mean, I, Randy th- took don't know, I just and dominated. He didn't even get one punch in. I just brought this up before you before you went off into your you know into the um, into the other matchups that you you know that you that you could watch because I don't have fight pass. I just brought this up yeah. because it, it, it's a very interesting conversation. It is, and you and I you know like I said you and I can we can agree to disagree. I'm more of a boxing guy. You're more of the UFC guy, but I understand where the guy was coming from. Boxers yeah. are kind of built for longevity. Well, um, but you I know, again, I can understand the argument for UFC guys being more, you know, having more longevity than a boxer. But you take that fight with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, which is really the only thing we really have to go on in 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 recent history. Yeah, and Floyd never ran. Not like he's done in his past. Floyd's a forty-year-old fighter going up against yeah. a twenty-year-old Mayweather. He kind of worked him in the later rounds. He he did, but again, he's going up against a guy that has not trained boxing his whole life. It's but it's two different sports. Now, I mean, I know they're both. No, no, they're both fighting. Okay, but they're two completely different sports. A boxing training to box is not anything like training MMA. It just isn't. You're in MMA. You can't just box. You can't. You have no, to be able to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, you've got to box. You've got to learn how to ground a pound. You've got to learn how to. You got to learn uh, takedown defense. You got to learn everything. Where boxing, yeah. it's all stand up. It's all stand up. I understand it's all, that. It's all striking. It's all footwork, movement, 
but it's all standing. You you never ever have to worry about a guy taking you down, a guy clinching, now, and then the referee is going to stop you. It's not the same in MMA. It's not the same in the, and that's what they brought in when MMA first came around. That was one of the things about it is this is what it's like to fight on the street, and they kind of hooked you with that. And well, I mean, at first it was, guy, but that but that's what the guy brought up. He goes, "You want to go to street fighting? I will just hit you across the face with a brick." That's street fighting. Yeah. And, and what he yeah. said is absolutely true. But he also said one thing, too. And this makes me start to think, why has not Conor McGregor stepped back in the octagon? Why? Conor McGregor's got $125 million sitting in his bank account. So mm-hmm. he can fight once a year and make this money in boxing because he can throw hands with these guys. He doesn't need to fight. He doesn't need to get his face bashed in in MMA and only make $800,000 where he can make $100 well, million in boxing. The problem with that is he's not going to get out of his contract. Regardless of what he can and can't do in boxing, it, he's still a UFC champion. He's still under contract. They let him fight Floyd Mayweather. They're not going to let him do it again. The belt, which they're going to strip him of the belt before – Oh, he's, uh, Tony yeah, they're, and to be fight. They're going to strip him because they've already said they haven't stripped him yet, but they said Tony versus Khabib is for the undisputed lightweight championship. So they're going to wait until they make sure both those guys can fight. And Connor's oh. going to have to. He he's not going to be let out of his contract if he wants to box. <laughs> excuse me. What he needs to do is finish out his three or four fights, six fights, whatever are on his contract. He needs to finish those out and then go box. But until then, the UFC is not going to let him go. And if he tries, you need to stop talking and listen, Jason. If he tries, the UFC will take him to court and they will win because he has a signed contract with them. There's no court that's going to let him out of that contract. So here's my next point. Here's my next point is, and I understand where boxing is coming from. I understand where Dana White's coming from. I understand where Floyd Mayweather's coming from. I understand where Conor McGregor's coming from. Why should Conor McGregor, even though he's going to lose against the UFC, why should Conor McGregor go back into the octagon and fight for $800,000 when he can go up and fight for $15 million? I just explained that. He can't go anywhere. He has a contract. He has I know I know he's got contract a contract. Out. So now but here's the here's the other factor. And this is what made Holly Holm. So you have these female fighters. These female fighters can't go and fight for the money in female boxing. But they can transfer over to the UFC just like Holly Holm did and get these big paydays. It's it's kind of weird. The guys, you're kind of stuck. But the females can transfer over. No, the UFC is not... you got a woman like Holly Holm. Yeah, but again, it's the same thing. It it doesn't matter if it's a girl or a guy or a male. or The women that are coming over from boxing can't just transfer into the UFC at least. And go back to boxing also. The UFC is not going to let a fighter do both. 
they've proven time and time again. Connor's the one exception. They they don't let their fighters go other places and fight. No, but what I'm saying is you can make more money as a male in boxing. But yeah. that's why the females have actually gone into mixed martial arts because Dana Because what? Okay, I didn't actually hear what Jason said. I believe his call has dropped. But with that, what we will do is look ahead. UFC 222 is this weekend. It's going to be a huge card. It's a pay-per-view. It's a big card. A lot of good fights on that card. Um, It's headlined, as we all know, by Chris Cyborg versus Yana Kunitskaya. That's a big deal to to be headlining a fight for Chris Cyborg. Again, another pay-per-view, and she came in short notice. And Yana was called up from Invicta. So that's going to be a major fight. That's a big title fight. Jason, welcome back. Yeah, I lost you somehow. Yeah, Yeah, um, it's okay. My point was, is unless you know you're like Muhammad Ali's daughter, that was a... Don't get me wrong. She was a great boxer. But you yeah. take a Holly Holm that was a multi-champion in boxing, and then she comes over to UFC and does what she does in UFC, that's kind of special. But she's making more money here in MMA than she was in boxing. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we I, only I have just, a few minutes left here. Hold on. Hold on. We only got a few minutes left. Let's run down this card real quick before we go. Now, on the prelims, one fight that I really want to watch, Brian Caraway is coming back after – he's been gone for quite a while. Um, C.B. Dalloway versus Hector Lombard, that's going to be good. John Dodson versus Pedro Moonholt. Now that's the fight I'm. That's the fight I'm looking forward to. I'm. I'm. Who? I'm rooting for Dodson. Yeah. In this fight, Dodson's cool. He's fun to watch. Uh, Benil Darius versus Alexander Hernandez. Benil. That's just, another he's fight a that's going to be good. I'm now, here's a fun for Darius. One. Yeah. Here's a fun one. They pulled Mackenzie Dern. She had just signed to Invicta. She was four zero. Signed to Invicta. Uh, finished her first fight there. Then they pulled her right up to the UFC. They're not giving her any time. She's only had five professional fights. Mackenzie is a jiu-jitsu wizard. She actually beat Gabby Garcia in a jiu-jitsu match by points. She didn't actually, you know, get a submission. But regardless, Mackenzie is a 125-pound fighter, beat Gabby Garcia 245 pounds of her. That's pretty impressive. Right. Um, she's taking on Ashley Yoder. And main card, Caitlin Vieira is taking on returning Kat Zingano. That's going to be badass. I'm taking, I'm, taking, I'm taking Zingano on this one. That's a tough one. This Caitlin is, no, no. Caitlin's 9-0. Caitlin's never been beat. Terrific fighter. Good fight. Well, I know. I, I'm not going to call it. Terrific fight. Um, Andre Arlovsky versus Stefan Struve. I'm kind of leaning towards Struve here. And so Sean O'Malley versus Andre. 
I can't pronounce that guy's last name. I'm not going to try. Andre. We're going to call him <laughs> Andre. Sukamathan. Um, fuck. He, whatever. I don't know his last name. That's going to be fun. It's on the main card. Um, Sean O'Malley's undefeated. Again, another 9-0 fighter. And <clears throat> then the co-main event, which kind of sucks because he was the main event until Max Holloway got hurt, is Frankie Edgar versus Brian Ortega. Um, this is and then, be a uh, obviously, fight. yeah, obviously the main event. That's going to be a Cyborg great fight. I'm going to, I'm going to take Frankie Edgar in this fight. You know, again, the thing that really bugs me here is people are constantly people that love this card, love the the Frankie Edgar versus Ortega fight, are going to still same people are going to say, "Ooh, Cyborg, she failed a steroid test." This that, motherfucker. Brian Ortega failed a steroid test. His first fight in the UFC popped for steroids. These I'm not same even people looking are going to be up on his ass. Well, the same people that are up his ass, saying how good he is, are saying how bad Cyborg is for failing one. But they love this guy. I don't like that. So it's just when you hear it, if anybody you know says something about Cyborg, but they love Ortega, say, "Hey, motherfucker." Your boy failed a steroid test too. No, I mean I'm not even looking at it at, at that. You know, honestly, if it wouldn't have been for this fight, that the co-main event, I wouldn't even think about ordering this fight. Because yeah. outside of cyborgs, I mean, what else do you have? Really? No, there's a lot of good fights on this card. There really is. I know, but it's you know, not it's worth the seven bucks that you've got to spend. I, I like this one. I like this card a lot. But it's not worth the seventy dollars. I mean, the cyborg, the cyborg fight, yes. But I'm thank God they actually replaced. Um, at least we, you know, we got a co-main event that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Now I can see spending seventy dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's. On top of that, you're going to love this news that just kind of broke today. They've announced a card that's going to go down in South America, down in Chile, I believe. And one of your favorite fighters is going to be on that card. Who's that? Alexa Grasso is going to take Mm. on Tatiana Suarez. Oh, you know what? That's a big fight. That's a big fight. I have, and Tatiana's no joke. Ugh. Yeah. Yes, she is. I would have to say she's my up-and-comer fighter. Yeah, definitely. But I, I might have to take Suarez in this fight. I. Ugh. That's a tough fight. That that is. And you on know top what? of that, honestly, honestly, I'm not even going to touch that with a ten-foot pole. <laughs> no. <laughs> on, on top of that. We're also going to get to see the debut of Andrea KGB Lee, which is going to be very, very cool. Um, very good fighter. Uh, I can't wait to see her. I, I love watching Alexa Grasso. Um, they're in two different weight classes, obviously. Um, Alexa Grasso is a straw weight at 115. Andrea is a fly weight at 125. So there's no chance wow. of fighting unless Alexa moves up because Andrea cuts way too much weight to drop down to 115. But so that's what do you think of those what two do you ladies on the card are terrific. Fight? 
What do that? you think of that female fight? I mean, I'm going oh, against one of my one of my favorite up and comers. Yes, okay, I, I would pick great. against Ross. To be honest with you, I would not pick against her. I did one time, and Sarah McMahon handled her just just manhandled her. That was police wasn't Herrig. Even close. Or police Herrig. Herrig. Yeah. Police Herrig just manhandled her. It yeah. it wasn't even close. But that was her first fight in the UFC. No, that was her second. I'm sorry, that was her second fight in the UFC. Now it's. I, I don't know, dude. It Tatiana. Let's let's look at Tatiana though. She's only had she's what her her MMA. She's five and zero as a professional. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's had a couple of you know non professional fights because they were in the Ultimate Fighter, but she's five and zero as a professional. She's beat Viviana Pereira and Amanda Bobby Cooper recently. Um. Shit, dude. It's a tough call. She's very good. She's it's got a tough great call. wrestling. Good submission. Um, this is a fight. I'm not gonna touch. I'm not gonna touch with the ten foot pole. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. It's gonna be a good fight, though. I mean, I loved her until she fought until she fought Felice Harris, and it was like. Police just took her completely out of her game. Yeah, but let's now, not forget, Grasso was only eight fights into her career. Felice was 24, 24 fights, um, something like that, something ridiculous. I, but I, 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 I understand that. But yeah, um, I'm just hoping that she, you know, with that loss against Herrig, she's going to come back. You know, sometimes a loss can hinder a person, and she yeah. and you know we've seen it time and time again, where a loss can send that person into a spiral. Or is this loss no, going to be a good thing? It didn't because Grasso came back from that loss and looked very dominant against Ronda Marcos, who's very good and a really nice decision. And this will be her second fight back. So, Grasso has looked very good. She's only this is only her twelfth fight, but she's actually the one. She's got her. This is her twelfth fight against uh, Tatiana's sixth pro fight. So, Alexa's actually the one with the. She's the veteran here. So we'll see though. Um, that's a tough fight because Tatiana's a great grappler. I, I don't know how that one's going to go, but that's going to be a good one. I like I said, I can't touch this one with a ten foot pole. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's a you, tough fight you call. called it. I mean, you you called it in that last fight. You called Felice mm-hmm. Herrig, and I like I, yeah. I was laughing at. Him. I'm like, how, how, no way. This 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 chick is like she's the up and comer. Yeah, she's you know she's gonna dominate this weight class, and Felice Herrig just dom. I mean, that fight was she dominated that fight. Yeah. But granted that, you know, Herrig was the veteran. And yep. she she took her out of her game plan. And it was not yeah, the same fight. 
yeah, there's something to be said for having twice as much experience. You know, there just is. But it, she took her out of her game plan. I'm like, yeah. man, I just, okay, yeah, she got beat. She got manhandled, dominated, whatever. And I was just hoping that wasn't going to, you know, just hinder, you know, hinder her. In her you know, MMA career. Yeah. Okay, so with that, we're, we, are, we have come to the end of our show. So we will be on again next week, same time. We're going to have J-Rock Addy. He's going to come on and talk to us about wrestling, his, his uh, soiree with uh, Jessica I being there with him. And then we get to talk a lot about the indie wrestling scene. I hope um, I just I'm really excited for this interview tomorrow or next week. I, I cannot wait. Jason's going to be basically we're going to put a ball gag in his mouth and put him in the corner and not let him talk the whole time. And we will have a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I cannot wait for this fight. Jason, what is your one pick for the weekend fight? Your one ironclad. Pick of the week. Who's winning for sure this weekend at the Chris Cyborg? Chris Cyborg Cyborg, second round knockout. Second round knockout. Yep. Okay. Well, I will go. Man, that's a tough one, but I'm gonna go with. I don't know if it's an upset, but I'm going with Caitlin Vieira over Kat Zingano. Kat's been gone for a long time. Kat's a beast. I like she's been out for a while. Caitlin's been active. She's on a roll. She's very good standing, very, very good grappling. I'm going to go with Caitlin. Wow. Okay. So, I'm going Chris Cyborg. You're going Caitlin. Um Let's yeah. Let's make a friendly wager on this. A friendly wager, like the one you still so, have paid up of right down Main Street. Well, you said you want to come up and watch Triple G and Canelo. Definitely. Okay. So here's the friendly wager. Okay. I'm getting the. I'm getting that fight regardless. You come down or not, right? Yeah, yeah. So, if you come, the loser of that fight has got to buy dinner. And what I'm talking okay. about is corn on the cob, steaks, whatever we <laughs> whatever we got to do. Talking Whoever, not, the the not loser corn dogs, huh? has got. No, I'm talking fucking corn on the cob, barbecued steaks. Yeah. Sauteed mushrooms, onions, the whole ball of wax. The loser's got to buy dinner. The winner, I mean, the winner doesn't matter. I mean, we'll barbecue my grill. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if we both win, we'll split dinner. If not, the loser buys it. Right. Sounds good. I think that. I I think that. I think that's a fair. Um, a fair bet. I think that's a fair bet. And and with that. 
We will be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, and we will talk to you talk to you all then. You guys have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next Monday.